straight up the price of admission growth stories life lessons turning points service to others truth no bullshit adding value no smoke and mirrors being the pressure third down and ten fighting below the surface win or learn always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder these are the things that i think about when i talk to this group they're still kindling that fire taken to the fleet and beyond living the values today through faith with the family and at the job obsessed with ownership and accountability winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity pedal to the metal paying the price of admission let's go yeah man I'm getting serious with this thing. I see. I see. How we doing, bro? What's up? Good. Good. How's life changing? It's it's uh it's moving. Okay. Right. Uh, so I'm excited to hear how it's moving for Jeremy Miles. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to any of these yet? No, 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 no. I, I have not had a chance to. All right. Perfect. Uh, well, this is kind of how I've been doing them. It may change over time, but this is kind of the flow, right? So I'll do a little intro. Okay. Um, also ask some of the guys like, hey, what do you remember about Jeremy and their memories or whatever? We'll, we'll kind of take a few stabs at that. It'll be fun. Lots of yingling <laughs> on here. Uh, okay. He had a lot of good feedback. Uh, jump into your story. Uh, and then the whole, you know, piece of price of admission. What is it? It's uh, the work, what you paid, what you got out of it, what you didn't get out of it, whatever you define the price of admission as right? Throughout yes. your, your journey. Um, so that's where we're going with this. And um, we'll, we'll get to your story, tie in the price of admission. But uh, everybody, Jeremy Miles from Jersey. Jersey, day, you still say day. that? All day. <laughs> Straight up baller. Uh, guy yes. from Naps. So he was part of the Naps clan. Um, yes. Went to Annapolis, played a couple years there. Bailed on us, went to UMass. Right. Yeah. Uh, made a decision there. Um, they went to the NFL, sp- spent some time in the NFL, played for the uh, Bengals and the Ravens. Right. So yes. uh, now you're a business owner, multi. Yes. Right. So uh, that's what I really want to hear. I want to hear uh, obviously the whole thing, but I want to hear what your secrets are. So um, but first, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Um, I had cereal, actually. I had a special K. With blueberry, and then I chopped some bananas up. You know, obviously you all the excitement. You know, you know, I like to have hey. an exciting breakfast, bro. That, that's how the day starts, right? So, no, I just I like asking that question. See what people eat for breakfast. Um, Brian Kennedy, um, he was my last last one. I haven't released it yet. About to. Uh, okay. But Kay Dizzle, he said, uh, he always used to say, "The girls like the bunny." <laughs> do you remember uh do they still like the buddy Jeremy? yes 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 well no i actually you know obviously in reference to my you know i had the playboy bunny tattoo on my stomach man i actually i got it covered like with like tribal like i did like a um a, a, pretty much like a stomach sleeve i guess you would say gotcha. so you went next level on it but they but they but you know in theory they, they still love bunny you know they love the bunny they love they love you know Clearly, I'm a chick magnet. You see these, you know, you see this face, you see the smile. Yeah. You know. that, I, I, I <laughs> could go, I could bring up another story that Yingling mentioned, but I'm not going to, not going to bring that one up. You probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll save that, man. We have to make sure we have our ratings. You know? That's right. That's right. So something else that Ying talked about was uh, he had this weighted vest and you and Blake used to use it all the time. Uh, yeah. running sprints, right? And, like, he had a hard time getting it back from you guys. You remember that? Like, y'all just yeah. hung on to that. There was some friction there or what? You know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you have to borrow things back from people. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, like, a real thing. And um, me and Blake, you know, we used to – our work ethic was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And, uh, God bless Blake, man. Uh, you know, I still miss our brother. Um yeah. Just, just somebody that pushed me. So it probably was more Blake pushing, pushing me, and you know, right. I just didn't want to give it back. You know? <laughs> Blake's come up a lot throughout these. It's, uh, it's been good. Um, oh. What else? He said every, before every practice, you listen to Young Jeezy. 
Do you still yes. do that in the NFL? Was that your pregame every day, every time? Um, I, I played with um a guy. He was my he was like pretty much my mentor. His name was Chris Crocker when I got to the Bengals. And um, you know, I one day he randomly asked me like, "Man, what do you listen to game day?" I'm like, "Jeezy." He's like, "What? I have it playing right now." <laughs> right. So like we instantly connected and awesome. you know that 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 uh thug motivation one hundred one man that's that that's a classic, bro. Class. Yeah, I said, <laughs> y'all, uh, not just you, but like Darius, Stephen Tripp, and even Curtis Bask, y'all, uh, mm-hmm. y'all hung out together with with that track often in in you guys' room. So Yingling that was, was uh, for those that don't know, Yingling was uh, uh, Jeremy's um, roommate there at Naps for that year. Yeah, teammate, uh, roommate. He said you had a wrestling career. Yes, yes. I, I, so tell us about that. I was a state. Uh, Place winner. Um, I, re- I wrestled in midgets. I actually ended up wrestling with um, Jordan Burroughs, who's now an Olympic gold medalist. We went to high school together. Um, had a really good wrestling team, and I think wrestling helped with like my tackling abilities. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, if I, that, that's what that's what I was missing. You know, like that, I just need to be a wrestler. Like, well, you should have told me that. You know, in high school, and you know, got into that. Uh, next memory. End of the year scuffle on the USS Constitution in Boston. So we went on this little field trip and we had, uh, uh we broke a sink. There's this guy named old Stephen Tripp, Tampa. And, uh, I think he decided to cut a line. Uh, and then I guess Nishak like grabbed him by the back of the neck and, uh, hey. you, you were holding Nishak back and Yingling was holding Tripp back and ended up having to, to pay to re- <laughs> replace that sink. But remember that? You know, Trip used to act like such a tough guy. I remember him. Um, whoever the you know our, the leadership was at the academy that day, and they they like um, you know gave it to him, and like he was in that position where he couldn't say anything back. I just remember Trip having crocodile tears when he came out of the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that too. It's fun, and it's also been fun going through these and bringing those memories back because some of them I remember, some of them I don't. You know. Right, right, um, right, right. Cameron. So at the uh, academy, you, you roomed with Cam and Mike. Um, they had a couple. They they basically said the same things. It was like, because for those that don't know, Jeremy was freaking smart. Still is freaking smart, right? Smart as shit. <laughs> and, and humble, too. Uh, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> at, at Maps, he was he had like a 3.8 or a 3.9 GPA, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's here's Mike Matthews and, and Cameron. Uh you used to tutor them somewhat, yes. all the time and mock them yes. in this special Jeremy voice that you used to do, <laughs> right? You remember that? Yes. Do you still do that? Said, uh, special, 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 special Jeremy voice, that special voice. Okay, guys, well, you know, oh, this okay, is how yeah, you do it. Ah, yeah, so this is how we do it. This, <laughs> we want to execute today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. That, they both brought that up and uh, Mike Mike mentioned that once you made that decision to leave, your DOR was just like that. Like gone, oh, all man. your stuff. They got to clean it up for you. I think I set the record, like which which is it might stand, it might be forever, you know, enshrined in history as far as like the record time of leaving that establishment i was i was out of there and i was smoking out of there i remember they were like you know you have to go through this protocol you have to go to class you have to i'm like man listen i'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) pack my shit (laughs) i'm out (laughs) gotcha i uh i just uh released one with jesse awuji um Another guy that's seen a lot of Jay success. Woo, Jay yeah. Woo! Jay Woo! Yeah, I got Curtis coming up. Excited for that one. It's just, it keeps on rolling. I, I'm loving it. Uh, how many of these have you done so far? Have you done any other podcasts? Man, I, I think I've done, since since I retired, I think I've probably done like four. Four? Okay. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad to be one of the four. Or maybe but the fifth this one. This one is special, man. This this is, you know, this is just different. Um, um, so I was, when you said it, I was like, man, I'm on board. Come on. Awesome. You know, awesome. I want to share these stories, man. Cool. <laughs> well, that's my intro. You know, Jeremy Miles, um, Naps, Annapolis, yeah. UMass, NFL. Dude, tell us, tell us your story. Man, so, you know, obviously coming out of, you know, playing ball in, in the great state of New Jersey, um, 
you know, being recruited by Buddy Green. <laughs> so he was your direct recruiter. Yeah, Buddy that makes Green. sense. Buddy that makes Green, sense. man, and um, he actually came and and recruited one of my childhood friends first, like a couple years before me, and um, you know, came end up coming back to the area, and you know, was really excited, and um, you know, I, I just at the time. You know, he sold me. He sold me the dream. Obviously, <laughs> you know, part of that dream was, you know, you, you, you don't have to worry about the military. You know that what they tell us, you yep. know, the athletes when we come to Nash. You don't have to worry about the military stuff. Like, you hey, know. <laughs> you know, this, the, the girl from down the street inside your high school is doing the same thing. You can do this. You can do that mile and a half run. No problem. <laughs> so, so Buddy Green motivated me, man, and, um, you know, turned me on and uh, I just was like, you know, for whatever reason, I just felt like it was it was the, the right thing to do and, you know, perfect opportunity for me. So, you know, obviously I took a leap of faith, went to NAPS. I, I still remember, we, you know, I think everybody still remembers their first um, introduction to um, to NAPS, you know, the, the prep school, Navy prep, if anybody, you know, was trying to, you know, figure out what we're talking about. So when, when you get introduced, it's like the, the boot camp, right, the indoctrination at boot camp. And, um, you know, once again, all, all the athletes felt like, you know, they were told that they, they wouldn't have to, um, you know, participate. <laughs> so I still remember that first day I left my mom and I'm, you know, I'm hugging her. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking everything is cool. Like, you know, she's like, you know, emotional and literally like, you know, the front end is as they're signing the paperwork, they're all nice because the parents are around. And then right when you like, you know, when they say right when you cross those doors, man, right when those doors close behind you. You know, yelling and screaming, and I was I was confused, man. So, um, you know, just taking my memories from, you know, the camaraderie and, and building the fellowship, going through uh, boot camp was our, our first taste, you know, all of the guys. And, um, you know, you, you would agree. I think we had a really great um, – we had a really great team, football team, prep team, a lot of talent. Some guys didn't make it. We've seen a lot of guys come and go. Yeah. Um, you know, ball got an opportunity to ball out. Probably made my first impressions there. Um, and then, you know, I, once we, you know, transitioned and, and, and you know, had our first, you know, nat, I mean, uh, Naval Academy experience uh, as, as plebes that, that summer, um, it was kind of like we, we had to do the, the boot camp again. <laughs> all over again, yeah. So, you know, obviously that, that part wasn't fun, but, you know, all the, all the characteristics that it built, all the mental toughness that it built, um, I believe made the actual like football camp, you know, relatively easy. It's like you know yeah. everything we're going through. I feel like that mental piece is so important. And I think for me, that mental piece helped translate into the NFL. Um, some enduring some of my struggles as an undrafted free agent, um, and then transitioning even to you know business, the business world, and some of my challenges and pitfalls. Um, but yeah, so 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 the Naval Academy. <clears throat> I ended up, you know, having the opportunity to play early as a, as a, as a freshman, which was unheard of at that time. Yep. Um, and you were the, start, you know, you were the right? only starter from our class. I think uh, Wuji got some time there, had an injury. Um, but, yeah, you were the only guy that started yeah, as a freshman. The, 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 yeah, man. What, what you remember that the, the culture was just different. They didn't, you know, young young plebes weren't, weren't starting, you know, at that, at yeah. that point in time. So, I think another thing that was really cool was after, you know, I had the opportunity, you saw a lot more of that, that cultural shift where I seen like Wyatt Middleton and, and guys, yeah. you know, I would hear about coming up that, you know, um, transcended and, you know, made this whole thing just new, a new culture at the Naval Academy, which I was, you know, witnessing and I, and I loved that part. Um, but, you know, obviously for me, I loved everything. Like I was doing well, like you said, in school, I was doing well <clears throat> leadership wise. But I just wasn't content and I just wasn't – I knew it wouldn't be fulfilled as far as, like, my vision and everything unless yeah. I went and experienced, like, the civilian world. Gotcha. So, we'll get to that. So, I mean, back it up to NAPS. What took you – so, at some point, at the first two years at the academy, you made that decision, right? The vision, the, hey, I, I don't think this is perfect for me, what, what I want to go. What took you from NAPS to Annapolis? Like, what made you not – Make that decision sooner. Sooner. I think I wanted to, you know, I wanted to kind of fill out what the culture would be like at Annapolis. I also, 
you know, there wasn't as much clarity as to when, like, the official commitment would happen. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, you know, part of that was just kind of, you know, trying to fill out if I would like the experience, if I had enough time, <laughs> you know, what my time clock was. So um, when I when I realized that, like, it was a legitimate, you know, commitment that, you know, that we, we would have to make, I just, like I said, I knew it just in my heart. It, it wasn't, you know, a decision I could make at that time. You know? Got um, so then you go to, you go to UMass tra- from Academy to UMass. How was that transition yes, from that type that was, of culture into where you went? Like, what did you, that was, that was, that was, I mean, that was rough as far as I think, you know, it's like when you bottle something up for so long and it's like an explosion. My first, I think, I think my, my first like month was just like rough. Cause I, I was trying to focus and, you know, being exposed to so many girls and, being, you know, having to really, um, you know, have a really set plan as far as like class scheduling, time, time management. It was, it was rough, man. It was like everything was just happening all so suddenly, you know. Yeah, a little less structured. Um, way less structured. <laughs> but um, I, I will say the the football team and like some of the guys, the older guys, um, really. Um, made it comfortable, made it, the transition more comfortable for me as far as like Good. showing me love and embracing me. So that, that definitely helped. But that, that transition, man, sheesh. <laughs> Do you have any good uh, mentors during that time, that transition? Yes. Yes. So, uh, Who's that? My, um, Charles Walker, who, who, he was our leading tackler, um, our linebacker, um, and, uh, Michael Meggett who transferred from uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys ended up being ballers, um, and really introduced me to the culture and really, you know, got me acclimated. When, so, when you started as a freshman at Navy, we played UMass. Did any of those guys remember you exactly. from that game? Yeah, yeah. Man. That was, you know, I, I think, like, that game I got in and, you know, I, you know, I was pretty much trying to do what I could. But, I, you know, at that point I didn't really establish myself, you know, at, like, like I did by the end of the season. So a lot of guys definitely remember like, you know, it wasn't any bad blood, though. You know, yeah, they, it would be they, fun, right? Like, it's funny how <laughs> it, it, it is kind of funny, though, like how you when you made the decision to leave, you go to UMass and that's like the only what, what one double A team that we played those two years. Well, maybe it was yeah. you know, Falco or what's his name? Um, oh, gosh, the blue team mm, with the he's that blue. Ravens quarterback, Flacco. Delaware. Delaware. Delaware, Delaware just ripped yeah. us to shreds. They're a great, great quarterback that year. You were so, so everything's that, come full so. circle. I, I played with Joe in you know, yeah. South Jersey football. Um, Delaware played with him on that, you know, that, that level. And then obviously like transitioning to the NFL, playing on the same team. So that was that was pretty dope. Awesome. Small world pretty, when you get to that level. Small ass right? world, man. For sure. <laughs> so when you uh, so you did UMass, uh, what was your major there? Kinesiology. Kinesiology, got it. Yeah. And then you move into uh, well, the NFL. Tell us how that like recruiting, like how does that behind the scenes? A lot of people see <laughs> NFL like okay, someone gets drafted, they go to NFL. Uh, what do all these things mean from a free agent to whatever? Like how did that work? So, so coming out of college, I, you know, I had a really amazing pro day. I ended up like blazing. Like, I, I, so I left. I actually ended up leaving college um, a little early to train, um, and then you know I, I came back and I had a really, really strong um, pro day. Um, we actually did our pro day at Boston College. So I ended up running like a four three eight twice, like four three eight, four three nine. Like, I, yeah, I just like killed it. So. Um, from an athleticism standpoint, like, I think that really, like, helped put my name on the map. So um, there was, like, you know, a lot of speculation if I would go, you know, what round I would go and, you know, whatever, like a lot of early speculation. So I ended up going, I ended up being drafted. Um, I mean, I ended up being, I ended up not being drafted. So how it works is in the draft is the first day, um, it's just the first round. Right. Second day is uh you know from from second round to third round which which they usually air on tv the, the last day which is the third day is the from the fourth round to the seventh round and then 
they have like a tier of like free agency. So they call it, um, you know, if you're in that first tier, which is like seventh round, like it's, it's a, you, you'll be considered a priority free agent. So I, I end up falling into the priority free agency um, tier. And then, uh, so I, so I, you know, I signed with the Bengals um, for like, I think my, my signing bonus was like $5,000, you know. <laughs> I still remember like when I was leaving college, I had like $200 in my, my bank account. So yeah. even for me, like $5,000, I was balling. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> so you got a sign-on bonus of 5000 But that, uh, how, how is that? NFL, big money real fast. How'd that feel? Man, so so my journey was, you know, I, I had a really good preseason. Um, I was, but you know, I had a really old. The thing with the Bengals it was a really mature team. Like we had a, like a yeah. lot of older guys. So when I when I got on the team, I was like, you know, I was kind of mad at my agent. Like what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like like I'm, I'm I'm set. I'm not set up for success there. So, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise. So How's that? these guys like really mentored me. So by the time I got to the summer and training camp, I balled out, um, got the opportunity. But then that training camp, I actually pulled my hamstring. Mm. Right at the end. So they ended up putting me on practice squad. Um, and I didn't even, I actually didn't even practice for like the first, you know, because I was still rehabbing. So I didn't practice for like the first five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back, you know, I came back to practice the sixth week. Um, uh, the, by the eighth week, I was healthy. So then they, they uh, you know, when you're on the practice squad, you're making like, um, Obviously, substantially less than, than you would if you were like on on the active roster. So, that, so that's how injuries work in the NFL. Yeah. You get injury, you take a pay cut. Oh, you take a big kick. So so my so you know I'm, I was but still even that practice squad money. You know I coming from college life. I'm like yeah. you still you know you from still that two hundred in your bank account still <laughs> yeah. a big change. You know it would equate to about two hundred a year. So so you know I, those those weekly checks like um, man I. I you know, just like kind of like that transition from with college, like mm-hmm. transitioning into the NFL was rough at first. It was just, you know, a lot of temptation, man. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of different things pulling at me. So gotcha. um, once once it got to week eight, I got, you know, I was finally healthy. It got to week nine, and I actually was like elevated. Thanksgiving, I still remember Thanksgiving against the Jets. I was elevated. When I bought out, had like, like four tackles on special teams, yeah. like balled out. And, uh, for those, I just never for, looked back. For people that don't know, Jeremy's the guy that, like, when he makes a hit, <laughs> and at least twice a game, the entire right. crowd will go, whoa. Because <laughs> he just brought that. He brought that pain. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, um, man. I, and, uh, yeah. It, I, I don't want to leave the entry to the NFL stuff I wanted to ask, but, like, was there? did you get a rookie – thing like did they do anything to you because you're a rookie some sort of tradition or like course, that, so like so, so, so what does that so, look like for us our, our rookie indoctrination was uh um we ended up having to take out the first week of the season we had to take out all of the veteran uh defensive players we had to take them out to eat <laughs> oh, okay. we had to take them out to eat and then we had to take them like out for the night so okay. <laughs> so first of all, like you didn't go back up to Rhode Island, did you? For that, <laughs> hell no. <right? laughs> so so taking them out to eat. The, the, the rough thing about that was, you know, these these are you got some big guys that we taking out too. So and they're going to like this. We I think we went to Roof Chris. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had to take care of everybody's tab. And mind you, they're, they're buying bottles and you know just you know running up the tab. So we had to take care of that, and then take care of them like we went to we went to like a nightclub out in Cincinnati so we had to um take care of like the actual tab for the nightclub so I mean you know you're talking thousands thousands of dollars and um you know no nobody felt good about that, that yeah <laughs> None I gotcha you know gotcha uh is there anything that you had to learn real quick with your you know with those checks like is there any re- any regrets oh, or yeah, like so, a learning so that I didn't I didn't realize that um like, and like checks and taxation, like you don't know anything about that, right? So yep. I didn't know that. Like for every state that you played in, you were taxed in every state. Gotcha. But it was your job to make sure you had an account or somebody that was like keeping track of everything. So initially, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't give a shit about any of that. So yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that either. 
never, <laughs> all I was thinking about was ball, man, you know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, once, once, once I started getting notification, like you have to pay this, you have to pay that. I'm like, Whoa, like what? You know, the amount of money mm-hmm. shit was just, I was painful. I so was, did you go to like an accountant or something? Or yeah. Finance guy so then, like, hey, then one of the older guys on my team, like, you know, put me onto their account. Gotcha. And that, that's what kind of like, you know, got that situation. Cool. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's Cincinnati. Anything else at Cincinnati that stands out from a growth standpoint that you've learned? Um, you know, I just, for me, like everything there was like, you know, they was the first, you know? Yeah. You know, I just got my, my cherry popped over there, you know? You had two two years of that. How many years? So three, since, three, 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 three years, and then you move over to the actually three, three, actually pretty much like three and a half, something like three that. and a half. So um, then you move to the Ravens. What what spurred that change? Well, they actually, you know, because we were um, division rivals, um, I had some really good games against the Ravens, mm-hmm. and um, clearly they like what they see. They actually. So my um, my final year with Cincinnati, I ended up getting injured at the beginning of the season. Um, saw another soft tissue injury, and um, the Ravens actually picked me up while I was injured, like knowing like all the details and everything. So yeah. you know they they what, what teams used like try to do is they'll try to release you when they know that you know you can't do anything. Um, the you know the threat of you being picked up by somebody is really minimal. Yeah. So they tried to do it. They did it. They actually did it twice. They cut me one week. They, they, uh, you know, um, then they re-signed right after the game. Then the, the following week, they cut me to try to do the same thing because I wasn't going to be ready for, like, another week or two. So they cut me again. And then the Ravens actually came in and picked me up off the cut block. So once I got to, to, to Baltimore, just different culture altogether. Like, you know, I still so, say to this day, John Harbaugh is my, my favorite coach. Awesome. What was the, the culture you just mentioned there? Like, what was good about it? Every 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 one the, the the big thing is like everybody like you treat everybody like a person you know like yeah. from the 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 janitor you know to the to the to the lady that's cutting checks like you know it doesn't matter if you're making a billion dollars or one dollar you know like nice. everybody is treated the same and they make sure like they they hold everybody accountable you know so and since he wasn't like that hell no. <laughs> no. Cincy, like, man, like, I, you know, I think one of the things that, that goes on and, you know, how it is, and I, I don't believe it's just in Cincy. I believe it's on all different levels of coaching. It's like, um, you know, that, that emotional abuse that, that goes down, you know, where, yeah. you know, people are taking out, you know, whatever they got going on on players and coaches and, you know, shit that they shouldn't be doing. So, um, so was, it, was I, it worse than uh, Buddy Green getting on you? <laughs> it's about to say what's different, what, different with Buddy. What was different with Buddy was Buddy actually like was trying to just get you up to speed. Like, yeah. He was just an asshole. <laughs> some of the you know I feel like some of the coaches and and um you know on a professional level it becomes like a personal thing. You know yeah. where it's like you're not trying to you know get the most out of me. You just talking shit just because you know you feel like you can, or you you're just talking shit because it's coming down from up top. Yeah. And you feel like this is the only way to release the stress, you know? Yeah, I think Johnson had something going on there for sure. <clears throat> he spread that <laughs> he spread that a little bit. I think that's his, his personality. But but Buddy Green was one of the reasons why my development happened so fast, you know. True. Because he was so hard on me. Now now was he hard on me? Hell yeah. <laughs> he was a motherfucker, but you know, I appreciate He's him. good. He's a good dude. Look, you you know he's a good dude. He was on he your was. ass too, right? Yeah. Probably not as hard as you, but <laughs> he, he, that's where he would put that through Danny O, and then that's where Danny O would come out and uh, come on, make those corrections, <laughs> or just pull me out of the game and make, make a mistake. Uh, did you have a, a fun um, favorite like story about a coach back at Annapolis? About Buddy Green? Uh, yeah, sure. Or, or just like this coach, one time, Buddy Green did this my, thing. My favorite, my, my favorite one was not even, but it was it was uh, PJ Paul Johnson. Okay. <laughs> but he, he he um he told the guy he's like he was, he was talking to one of the guys. He's like, you know, we talk to people any any type of way. He's like, yeah. he's like, you're fucking worthless. You should have been a blowjob. <laughs> oh, yeah. <shit." laughs> 
They should have been a blowjob, huh? <laughs> somewhere there's a collection of Paul Johnson quotes written down on this some is... so, some sort of social media page. I don't. I've seen it once. I forgot where it's at, but that doesn't surprise me at all. And I think I remember that as well. Um, he, was, he was a savage, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> back to the Ravens. I love watching Ray Lewis. Yes. So you got to play with the guy, right? You said Ray Lewis. Yeah. So I actually came the year after Ray Lewis left. Ah, okay, man. I was going to see. Hey, what do you but, tell but me I more about him? I played with Sub. I played with Sub. I played with Haloti Nada. So, okay. You know, so, both of them can hold their own. Yeah, tell us about that, that relationship there. What did you see in them? What did you learn <laughs> from them? Those are big-time players. I think, like, mentor-wise, Suggs is probably my, my favorite um, mentor as far as, like, he was one of the guys that treated – same same with the whole culture, but, like, took it upon itself to, like, really bring the young guys up and, like, really took care of, like, all the young guys. And gotcha. even regardless whether you were making a lot of money or not, like, he showed the same type of love. So, you know, I still have a good, really good relationship with uh, T Suggs. Um, I actually been to a couple of his parties. <laughs> you need to be, you need, you need to go to one. But actually, ne- never mind. But never mind. Huh? <laughs> what, what does that mean, Jeremy? <laughs> you won't have the same type of fun, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, Probably but true. He, yeah. So, so my my dude, like. Really took care of um, all the all the young all the young cats and really went out of his way to make sure like the development was, was where where it needed to be and it wasn't like he wasn't being paid to do it just out yeah. of the kindness of his heart that, that's the type of dude he was so it's the way he Terrell, operated uh, so, right Terrell Suggs Haloti Nada amazing cats awesome um okay so what else from uh from a Raven standpoint you do that how long are you with the Ravens. So I was with the Ravens from 2013. So I was with them for, for two years. Two years. And what yeah. made you get out there and transition into uh, what you're doing today? So as I was transitioning, like, uh, um, my, you know, the, my last season, I guess you would say, um, there was, like, this opportunity in this program um, through the NFL where they, they were paying for, like, um, players to – to go through an MBA program. And the MBA program was, you know, master's business administration that the MBA program was actually down in Miami. So I was like, shit, I gonna pay for this shit? And that was Miami. Miami. Look, and I'll be in Miami? <laughs> this is a fucking, this is a joke, right? So I actually ended up, um, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, fuck it. I took, it, took a leap of faith. Um, went down there and it was a really, cause I, I didn't, one, one of the things I didn't know was the University of Miami is a private school. So, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that either. Yeah, you didn't know that, right? Don't Correct. That. No, didn't. So, so, you know, going down there, um, you know, I took some, you know, obviously, uh, some amazing business classes and some amazing, like in the, within the business program, they had like real estate finance, real estate tax classes. Like, so a lot of things that actually like, end up being like one of the best decisions I've made as far as like preparing me for, you know, life after football. So, you know, taking those courses and um, really, uh, you know, transitioning, like I, I, you know, I end up acquiring some, some, some properties and, you know, flipping some houses and, um, and then I How many? actually opened, opened up my restaurant now. What's that? How many properties? At that time, when I first transitioned, I, I had acquired five properties. Five. Okay. Yeah. And what would you do? I mean, like, you you hire crews to come in, renovate, yeah. flip, and then resell. Yeah. Like, what kind of profit are you looking at there at the end of the day once that entire thing's done? What was cool, what was cool with me, what my, what my situation was, um, the way that I did it, I acquired through, like, tax sales. And, like, within tax sales, when, you know, people can't pay for, you know, their houses or whatever – um, you don't actually like, like the lien and everything, the, the lien, the actual, like, if they had like a loan, mm-hmm. they all gets wiped out once it goes to like auction. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's more about like having awareness, you know, having a real plan and being able to actually win. You know, at the Timing, office. snagging it when it's at maybe it's lowest or something. So, so, so you have like the patience for it, which at the time I did, um, the profit margins are, are ridiculous. Um, gotcha. Where so, do you go and where do you go and find that type of information? Sources that's so they have like a um um I don't know if you heard about this, this cat. His name is Than Merrill. Okay, he actually was an ex baller too. Okay, so he ended up like he actually like built like a real estate um, investing program in, in CT, but now it's like national, maybe even global now. Like he just he just took off. So it's like, he a, had, like a free seminar. Okay. And I just was like, you know, I was attracted because he's an ex-football dude, too. So I was like, all right. I went and um, one of the, you know, one of the um, topics was tax, tax D cells and then tax D cells within like Connecticut. So yeah, I ended up, uh, like I said, taking advantage of the opportunity. I, was, and I said, I can't. And you know what, what's even more crazy is everything comes back full circle. I actually, when I built the teams that I built as far as like construction and everything, yeah. Um, renovation. The, my teams that I built for that, when I actually acquired this restaurant lounge, I actually used them. We did like a full gut. So I actually used the same team, came in, and like like pretty much all the general contractors were saying this would be like a year project. Like, the, yeah. you know, the construction. We did it in like four months. Nice. So, when you say you built teams, how did you do that? What types of teams? Yeah. So, so you know, within the construction game, right, you have – you know, you have HVAC, like when you, you know, working on houses and properties, you have, you have HVAC, you have um, plumbing, you have electrical, Electric, yeah. you have, you know, what, what, what gets interesting in commercials, you have fire alarm systems, and, yeah. you know, you have fire, like, and you know, the fire system, fire code. So you have the, you know, within the kitchen, you have a hood system, answer system, like all these different systems. So all these like, Throughout the course of a construction project, all these different pieces are all working together and you have to get everybody, you know, to perform in, in, in unison and in the most smooth manner that you can. So, and it all, and all really comes back to leadership, you know what I'm saying? And being able to direct people. So I actually became like the actual general contractor of, of like a couple of the real estate projects that I did, but then yeah. definitely the, the restaurant project. So when they, when you say that your teams, like, are they still working for you, doing those things for other people, like kind of like a business, or is it yeah, uh, so, so a some special of my, case? Some, yeah, so some of the guys, um, you know, they'll come and they'll do th- different projects if I, you know, if I need them, but they, they've kind of grown into their own, you their know, own now thing. They're, they're working on their own projects and stuff and doing, you know, kind of expanded their businesses. Gotcha. Because um, so, now I'm not, you know, I'm not active, as active now. You know, take the, the restaurant lounge takes up so much of my time. Um, and I'm yeah. obviously would love to, to keep expanding. So. I got you. Yeah, let's jump into that. Tell us more about that business. So that's your main, that's your main focus, your main effort, right? Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we do, we, I, I run this, you know, dynamic concept where, we're like a restaurant, but we also like transitioning nightlife. Um, so you have all these different pieces that we touch. We have the music. And I love. I know you love some music. You know that's right. Yeah, I've seen you come through. <laughs> we had to get you right. So we right. what's music. it called? It's called Soul Byla. S O U L B is in boy A I L A. You can tell anybody that's in New England. Soul dance. Soul. There you go. Hey, look at you. Yeah, I know a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> studying in Spanish, huh? Yeah, I'm from Texas, man. I see, I see, I see, I see. So keep telling um, us. But yeah, I wouldn't mind bringing it down to Texas. Right? I think there there would definitely be a necessity down there. So, um, like I said, we 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 touch so many different things for people. Like, and one of the big things is like birthdays and so, like you know celebrations. So, okay. um, we really make it like very special like birthday so like pretty much everybody in connecticut has done their birthday at soul Bible, you know what i'm saying that's gotcha. it so that's your uh that's your niche that's your uh yes special yes. specialty yes. celebrations like that's gotcha. and then then we transition into like friday saturday we transition into nightlife so um i'm trying to like you know i, I really want to 
take this concept and like because of so many different states or so many look even countries that could benefit from you know the concept and just the way that we do it you know, yeah I, I, you know I, I did a lot of like customer service focus like a lot of care you know and trying to um, make sure that everybody's experience is is a one and when they don't have an amazing experience having a game gotcha what what makes you different than other people that may be trying to do the same thing you know, for me, is is I believe we take and I take a lot more time put myself in the customer shoes. And, okay. You know, my my plans for when they don't have good experiences is a lot different than you know some of these big mega companies that don't have the type of time and the type of care. You know, it's more, it's I try to you know make it a, a more intimate experience. Gotcha. Every time. Really, really. Uh you know, more of a small town atmosphere yes, type of deal. Yes, I got you. Yes, yes. Cool. So what's, what's the next step? The next step, man, God blesses me to stay in this, this industry is, uh, I want to expand. I want, I want to expand. Well, well, two things. I, I would love to bring my concept, like to start bringing it to different areas, but I would also like to, build on what I'm doing and, you know, take it to a, a larger scale as far as like size, quantity of people, you know, gotcha. uh, right now, you know, we, we can get like anywhere from like 200, 250, you know, that's a pretty good crowd. I want, I want to do like, you know, like my, my biggest motivation is, um, if, if you're familiar with live, um, Dave Grutman, is you know the owner of live in miami well actually like pretty much any big anything big that's moving is dave grutman and um you know he started he started he actually started as a you, you know you, if you watch his story listen to a story he actually started you know his early stages as like a you know bar manager bartender mm -hmm. like now like to see his growth and see him like and literally he did it in stages as he kept growing and um now he's just on an on international scale me, I would, I would love to, you know, have that experience and, you know, okay. Take so there's, to the level. there's next the level. vision, right? Yeah. So what's like? There's your vision. What's the next thing you got to do in order to enable that? So I've, so I've already so the, the next thing is like finding like an actual location now that would okay. be suited for us. So I'm, I'm in the process of, you know, I've been looking at um, different locations. Well, your experience in real estate will probably help you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's, it's, been a, it's been a dope experience, man. And, you know, I, I think another thing that that's different with what we do is uh, we have a really stronghold, a big stronghold, like in the community. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like trying to really tap tap into this market and really like touch as many people as we can, and being successful in that, just you know, it's a different feeling of filming. Yeah, community, uh, huge. How do you how do you do that? How do you one build good relationships amongst the community, and then two continue to influence that in the direction you want to go? We we do a really good job of you know creating a diverse attraction, <laughs> and um, we have like a dress code at my spot. Um, you know, we try to keep like the quality of like you know, the drinks and food and everything and customer service really high. But we also aren't too good for people. So I think that element of people feeling like it could be, you know, the owners are very hands-on here. And that element of people feeling like they can, you know, be on that intimate level when, like, we actually really care, I, I feel like has grown so much in this community. And then it would be the same in any community because – you know how it is, man. It's like me. I think when 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 you translate this to the football thing, what kind of like gave me some insight on the football thing and motivating players to play very well and coaches that I gravitated towards. Like um, a small example is John Harbaugh. Every week, right? He would he takes time, right? Every week, sit down with each individual player, like at lunch, whether it be at whatever meal is at and have a conversation with you, right? And he does it like intentionally every week. 
So he finds time, right? And that's part of life for him, part of him, you know, growing and having players and motivating players to get the most out of them and for them to like fight and do everything for him and why his organization performs like it performs on a consistent basis is that connection, that that intimacy and you feeling like, you know what, this mo- this motherfucker really cares about me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether he gotcha. does or doesn't, at least he he, he <laughs> provides, you know, an environment where it feels that way. And for me, like, that's kind of, you know, what I want to do. I, w- I want to do that on this level. You know what I'm saying? Where gotcha. it's like, I'm not better than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, man. What, uh, how about your biggest struggle today? What are you working through? Biggest obstacle? Um, my, I was, my biggest struggle today, I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I transitioned. I was, you know, I was married at one point and, uh, you know, I ended up divorcing and, um, you know, moving on with my life. And, you know, I have a, I have an eight year old from that, from that marriage. And I think the, the biggest struggle for me some days is, you know, being a co-parent and doing everything that's aligned with that and being, you know, being, being successful in that and being, having an understanding. But at the same time, I think the difficulty is like on days that, you know, I would just want my family to be together as far as my daughter, as far as everybody, yeah. you know, having to respect that part, you know what I'm saying? Because now that's a new season in my life that, you know, I would have to, you know, keep maneuvering through. So, gotcha. so um, you got one daughter. I have two daughters now. Two daughters. So I have, so I have a, a eight month old that's okay. at the house, and you know her mom. You know we live together, so they're at the house. And then I have, you know my my eight year old, who lives like probably about twenty minutes away. What are their names? So, uh, my my eight year old is Nova. And Nova. My, my eight month old is Jayla. Gotcha. What's your eight month or eight month? Your eight year old into what is she? She so she Doing. right now I'm actually our you know our soccer coach so um we're finishing the soccer season she's like really nice. into soccer right now but she's like a she's a brainiac she's a, a little a little J Miles you know imagine she's, that she's just naturally smart as shit yeah um, crazy she, personality she got a crazy um, kick like does she hit like you oh yeah yeah crazy like physical like just all around man just a, a stud so. When, when you ask that question, like the difficult thing sometimes is not having her around every day. You know, if yeah. I could, I would want to have her around every day. For sure. Yeah. yeah also, but, I was going to say, I also that? think, you know, I think I probably take that for granted sometimes too with my kids and, or with that. Don't ever take it for I, I know. Um, and it's <laughs> easier said than done, right? But another reason why I'm talking to you guys and like gaining some perspective and, listening to your story and trying to take away some good stuff from it, learning from you, whatever. Um, that's a good reminder for everyone out there, right? Is to don't yeah. take that for granted when you got take it. Right? it for granted. It's the little things, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, like for me, this, you know, having this conversation and, you know, God willing, a lot, you know, some more in the future, man, it's yeah. important to stay in tune with what your brothers are doing and, you know, Sometimes we get so caught up in life that, uh, you know, we let moments, special moments pass us by that shouldn't. Yep. You know, so For sure. To, that's how to capture these moments, man. That's what we're doing today, man. Big tone. Big tone. <laughs> you, uh, you have any regrets from your journey? Things you would go back and do differently? Man, I, I think, you know, when I was transitioning, uh, you know, I, when I'm, when I met my, my oldest, when I met her mom, you know, I, I, I think I could have just, just, you know, they, when they say be in the moment, be present and, you know, don't try to force it. You know, when I was transitioning from, um, the Naval Academy, I, I just feel like, you know, some, some parts of, of that relationship felt a little rushed. Yeah. And, um, you know, about it took, I feel like just taking more time and getting to know a person on a deeper level is just so much more fruitful, you know? Yep. There's a lot of power in that. If for I sure. If I, if I would have did it all over again, I would just slowed everything down. Slowed it down. 
Yeah, slow you. it down, baby. You know, you know how you say, it. you know how you tell it. Slow down, baby. Oh no, no, she tells you, slow down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, price of admission. What is your price of admission? Man, you know, for for me, so so many sacrifices. Like, I'm even thinking about. When I transitioned to owning this restaurant lounge, and I just I was just um, talking to my lady about like the price tag of like that that people when they see the glitter and glamour of everything they don't see what you know what's behind the scenes. So yeah, and even even I could talk about it on so many different levels, but right now even on the restaurant you know lounge point of um you know we so when we we acquired this building it had so many issues that we didn't know about and. Yeah. You know, I found myself like physically, you know, having to, you know, just because I sometimes when things happen so fast, you know, you can't call a contractor to do it so fast. You and you know, certain times where we say, you know what, in order for us, like I, <laughs> I still remember. Uh, so one one time, one of my defining moments was we were going through like gas, like different bills and stuff. This is early, and in, 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 um, we didn't keep up on the on the gas bill, right? Yeah, and. It you know ended up being uh, late, so ended up being at a stage where they were like, "All right, we're going to shut it off." You know what I'm saying? And I, this was I was depending on a lot of people to do certain tasks. You know? yeah. So whatever, I get the notice, we're going to shut it off. And like when I get the notice, the shut off is that day, right? Mm. Yep. But that day is like the busiest weekend of of you know the year. <laughs> so convenient, perfect time. Yo, so they cut they, they cut the fuck they cut the gas off, right? <laughs> So we like, you know, we call them up and unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, you know, they give you the political shit. Unfortunately, it's nothing we can do about this shit. You know, we, we won't be able to do anything till Monday. Mind you, it's a Friday of the busiest mm-hmm. weekend of the year. <laughs> I couldn't write this shit up. So, right? Fuck. Instead of panicking, say, fuck it. So we end up, <laughs> we end up going to Taylor Reynolds. Yes, I was going to see. Nice. Hey, finding a way. Look, we're in the back, fucking getting to it. And in the front, they don't even know. We just freestyling. We like, yo, in the end, for me, that was that statement of saying, like, losing is not an option. And in the end, like, you know, the price tag, for me, it's like in this game, knowing where I want to go, the price tag is never too steep. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand that for, for success, the price tag is always crazy. But it's like, are you willing to pay that debt? You know, are you willing to pay that price? Um, like I said, that was just one little story of just, you know, the um, blood, sweat, and tears. I, we we had a situation where a pipe burst. You know, we had, so we had to go into the ground. Mind you, I didn't know anything about this shit. I had to go into yeah. the ground, excavate, <laughs> find the yeah. pipe with a friend of mine, repair nice. the pipe. And you did like, that. Oh, wow, wow, wow. The, the, the restaurant is still going. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, you, you just, you know, the stories and, you know, things that you, you know, encounter. You, you, unless you're mentally tough, unless you went through naps, unless you went through the academy, you know, unless you were pushed to the limits early in your life, um, you're just not prepared for it. And then most people, you know, would just crumble. You know, for guys like me and you, it's not a fucking option. Yep. <laughs> True, man. You still connected with any of the guys? Yeah, man. So I, I um, you know, obviously I, I still talk to uh um Bash, you know, Trip. I haven't I haven't talked to Darius Terry in a, in a while. Yeah. Um but Bass actually like his, he had a business where he was doing like finance, you know, working in finance. So he actually was like located pretty close. So yeah, you come up here, you know, come and come and visit. He actually came in right right before we opened this this uh location. Yeah, came in and visited up there. Nice. Um, uh I, I really I think you know what I think would be very intelligent is if we build our own platform to connect, like, you know, yeah. Real time, you know. Real time. Um, I think it's a lot more people that I would love to connect with. Yeah. Um. And when you don't have like Facebooks and all that stuff, 
yep. and social media. We have to find another, you know, solution. <laughs> I've been thinking about taking this and doing multi, um, like groups of five, six, whatever, just having yeah, conversations yo, that would, around that whatever. Would be so dope, man. Yeah, so maybe, dope. Maybe you'll get there one day. Um, now, now, quick question with you: Are you what's your what's your um, your status as far as work and occupation now? What, what are you doing? I, I just run a factory. Um, okay. I guess as far as I can go, uh, it's a it's a bigger company, so I can't get into the nitty gritty details okay. of it. But uh, so, yeah, so not, you don't have to act, actively be on site as no. much. I mean, I'm I'm there during the normal day. Sometimes I'll spot check things at, at random times, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, twenty four six. Well, it's twenty four seven, but uh, the operation runs around twenty four five and a half six days a week. So now, how did you get that? you know, opportunity. Well, I, uh, I got, got out of the military a year early to do two years reserves, went into oil and gas field, thought that was gonna be awesome. Uh, it was, I, I learned a lot doing that. Uh, but then oil tanked and they're like, see ya. So then I'm looking for something, right? I got to put food on the table and I end up going into manufacturing, same business. Um, really first, first six months were rough. Uh, I learned a lot, and then all of a sudden, things just started clicking. Things started coming around. Things started working. We're getting better. Uh, and and now I, that was down in Texas. Opportunity popped up here in Kentucky, currently in uh, Louisville, oh. Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh. So um, been here just under four years, um, and enjoying it. How many kids? So, How many kids now? Three kids. I got a ten-year-old boy, uh, two girls, eight and four. Oh, okay. So, so you got an eight-year-old. You know yeah. what that's like. I know exactly. That's why I went there. I want to see what she's into. Mine's into gymnastics. So oh, she's she's into gymnastics. Okay. She's yeah, she's a she's baller, man. She's a tough, state, cha tough, state tough champion. Girl. Oh yeah. Strong, state champ. Tough. Yeah, man. For her age group, you know, like okay. Yeah. She's only eight, so we'll see what what it turns into. But now, now Kentucky. Yeah, how how you like Kentucky, man? I like it. Um, I'm a lake guy. I like to go fishing. So there's a lot of you know lakes around huh? the area. Huh? Yeah, I just don't have the right. I don't have the land to do that. Gotcha. Uh, I did meet someone with some land that um, has, has offered, but uh, yeah, man, just really watching the kids grow. It's a great place to have the kids grow up, and uh, we're pretty anchored. Like if an opportunity popped up to go from a job standpoint to a different area, to a different state, whatever, I don't think that would happen just because they're growing so well here. You know what I mean? So. Now, what do you do for fun right now, man? What, what is fun for you? Guys? I talk to you, you know? That's it. That's, I mean, uh, <laughs> you do that every day? Shit, you yeah. fucking golden. Yeah, no, um, you know, like I said, fishing, like get a chance to take the boat out. I'll go bass fishing. I'm a huge bass fisherman. Um, play guitar, do these podcasts. Uh, I'm trying to teach myself how to write and, um, you know, better. A part of that okay. development is by doing these things that we're doing today. Um, sometimes I have some fun tie-ins, you know, of your story. Uh, try to throw in some humor and stuff like that. But that's um, I'm working on getting better there. Be a better storyteller. So okay, okay. Like you said, that's like riding a bike. It just comes with reps, you know. Exactly. Um, what uh, what did you learn today? As far as like with you or just overall? Overall. I don't know. That's that's uh it's an interview question that I use <laughs> <laughs> at the very you end. I've done well, you, I'm you, not you, being political. Man, fuck these questions, it's, man. It's, real it can be whatever you want it to be. That's what's fun <laughs> about the question, right? What did you learn today? <clears throat> um what did I learn today? I mean I I learned that you know, I have a, a another brother out here that's doing really well for himself. Um, I learned that it's very important that we need to stay connected. Yep. Um, you know, obviously, you know, my story is, is cool, but I love to hear your story, too. You know, and I love to hear, like I, like I was telling a lot of other people that we play with, you know, just hear what the hell is going on, man. Listen to um, some of the other episodes. I, I think I got my third. How, I, I listen to them on the Riverside no, you go just like go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, and then search "Price of Admission." Price of up. admission. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you remember Mike Stedman. You probably do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Mike Stedman 
he's got Ironbound Boxing. Um, he does podcasts and all that. And I was like, dude, I think I'm going to start one. So I use his platform to publish these things. There you go. So, so, I, so Mike is clearly doing good too. He's yeah, he's crushing it. He's doing really he's well in the entrepreneurial him, space. Um, we'll, we'll get, I'm gonna get him on here one day too. Yo, get him on this horn, man. I will. He's Yo. too busy, man. He's just. I don't want to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? When he was <laughs> when he was on the bulkhead and, <laughs> and he was at attention he's, and shit, and he couldn't look this way and that way. I didn't want to hear that shit. He's got a really good story uh, to tell as well. You know. Um, you should look it up and listen to that one one day. And you, too. you, but and and am I correct? You went Marine Corps, right? Yes, I did. Yep. Uh, I did how, little... how was that experience, man? It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it was I, uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, you can listen to the uh, Clint Sovi episode. But he and I, um, we both didn't get our first like selection out of, in Marines um, after the, the basic school. We both got logistics, and we were both pretty bummed about that. Um, but I think we could both say that, you know, everything happens for a reason. Path was good, learned a lot, uh, and helped us in, in the, you know, way we wanted to go today. So now, now is that anything that's in your control that, you know, no, there was nothing within my control on that. The way the basic school works on your selection, say you want to do this first, you, you rank them, right? So infantry, um, artillery, combat engineer, well, my fifth choice was logistics. And the way they, they separate that out is the first third of the class um, is broken down, the second third of the class, and the bottom third of the class. So it's like a spread of talent. Number one in each third gets their first pick. Number two in each third then gets the next pick. So I was uh, at the bottom of the top third, and mm -hmm. kind of I knew if I didn't get the first four, logistics would be my catching feature. I would get it, and I did. Um, so with that, it was good. I still enjoyed the journey. Um, you you did how many years? I did four, four years active. Because it was four at years. the time the force was downsizing. Five was the commitment originally, right? Yep. Well, this little note came out and said, hey, you want to get out an er a year early? That's fine. Just do two years reserve. And that's what I ended up doing. So, ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Because I see like some guys stayed in. Yeah. Like, I, you know, who, was, uh, who was uh this Sean, like Sean? Um, there's a couple of dudes that just that I see are like still in. Yeah. Like, um, oh goodness. Who uh, now? Who who did you? Who did you? Who were you tight with, Marine wise? That 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 played that like uh, outside the Soviet. You know, Ross was a Marine. Okay. Um, okay. So Ross, Soviet. Um, I hate. I'm, I'm gonna miss some folks, but. uh <laughs> my my no, my, my roommate Baird Roberts. I don't know if you remember Baird Roberts, but uh, yeah, he was one of them. We all went to uh, TBS together. Mike Matthews, but well, we Mike Mike Matthews, man, we hung back and he and I coached the sprint football team for six months before we had to go through that TBS thing. Is he still? Is, is Mike still in? Or he's that? still in. He's in Oka Okinawa, Japan. So oh wow. Yeah, he and I did one of these uh, podcasts a, a while back. You okay. should go back. You should go back and listen. You're gonna listen. When I I do it when I like work out and stuff, right? Or I'm on a drive. I got some time to kill. Um, instead of like as much music, or as instead of as whatever else, um, it's a good way to soak up some perspective. You know, yeah, bro. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Appreciate talking to you. Not, like I said, we just need to stay connected, brother. You For know? sure. Well, dude, I don't think I have anything else that I had written down to talk about. You got anything else before we cut this short or cut this off? Man, if, you, if you're not my lady, man, I can't be talking to you for an hour and five minutes, bro. Like, I know you, know you got things to do, right? <laughs> you, gotta run a, you got business to run. There you go. There you go. No, we're just prepping for the weekend, man, but had a nice space of time, so... It, it was it was perfect. Awesome, perfect. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll uh, when I uh, figure out this is new software, right? So we got video for the first time. Yeah. Once I get it all, you know, figured out, I'll, I'll share you share the Please. the first Please pass do. of it, and I'll probably post it in like uh, probably around next Wednesday because I'm a little behind. I try to stay two ahead, but I'm only one ahead right now. So <laughs> yeah, I got some catching up to do. You try to stay. 
so far ahead and you're behind and shit. Yeah. Well, dude, what tell be it. you, Tony? What be you? <laughs> exactly. Well, dude, tell the family I said hello, and it's a great talk today. Um, oh, great, great talks, man. Keep, keep knocking out of the park. And if um, your soul, Byla, um, the lounge, the restaurant and lounge, everybody go go see that place. Where's it yeah, located at? Which town? It's 735 Weathersville Avenue in Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. I'm sorry you have to live in Connecticut, but it sounds like you like <laughs> I it. So. I knew that was coming. I, I knew that was coming. Man. Why'd I, you know that was coming? <laughs> Yo, to be honest, man, we, we made the most out of it. And it's, uh, you know, just like Massachusetts for me when I came to Massachusetts, yeah. Hartford has, has, has done nothing but show me, like, extra love, you know? Awesome. So, you know, good. some good times out here. Some met some good dudes out here. Awesome. Well, man, good talk. Uh, everybody, go go see the lounge, and uh, we'll we'll do this again next time down the road. Let's do it. At some man. point. Dance. That's tango. That's tango. All right, man. Take care. <laughs> Have a good day. All right, bro. Take see care, ya. man.